0: You're listening to Podcateers.
1: Welcome to episode 223 of Podcateers. This week we recap our party celebrating Mickey's 90th anniversary. Melissa tells us about a new makeup line themed after the Disney princesses. We talk about the Mary Poppins trailer and we discuss the recent changes at Disney Parks regarding their efforts to eliminate plastic straws from all of their resorts. If you would like to join the conversation and give us your thoughts on this or any of the things that we talk about... You can connect with us over on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter just by searching for Podcateers and leaving us a comment. You can also go to podcateers.com slash 223 and leave us a comment on the blog post for this episode. We look forward to hearing your thoughts on these conversations. Quick announcement, the next event that Team Boat Willie will be participating in is set. We will be raising money and walking in support to combat women's cancers in City of Hope's Walk for Hope event on Sunday, November 4th, 2018. You can help by either making a donation, joining our team to help raise money for this cause, or simply by sharing our link with your friends and family. More information about Teamboat Boat Willy and links to donate uh, or join us for this next event can be found on TeamBoatWilly.com. Super simple to remember the website. It's Steamboat Willie, but without the S. Big thanks goes out to all of our podcast fairy godparents because it's through their support that these episodes of Podcateers are possible. How? Through their generous contributions via Patreon. If you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, or as they like to call themselves, the FGP squad, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. But for a contribution of at least $5, you also get the exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you for your support. More information about joining the FGP squad can be found at podcateers.com FGP. If you want to hit us up on social media, you can find all of our personal pages on our team page over at podcasterscom team. And if you want to see some of our videos, head on over to youtube.com slash and youtube.com slash Disney for two. If you happen to like the videos, please hit that subscribe button and ring that little bell icon for notifications. Just make sure that you select all notifications so that YouTube actually tells you when new videos are posted because that's just how things have to be on YouTube now. So let's get this episode started, shall we? This is episode two hundred and twenty-three of Podcatiers. All right, testing one two three. You guys hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can. All right. Uno, dos, three cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. <laughs> All <laughs> the little
2: girl said, pretty fly for a white guy.
1: <laughs> little little known fact, that song was written about Gavin.
0: <laughs>
2: oh.
1: Heck yeah. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Long time no see. What's it been? Two, three hours? Something right. like that. I, I
2: miss you guys so much.
1: Yeah, it was uh, really fun today. Yeah. I'm surprised that Even though we had limited time for Community Day, Melissa, I'm glad we ended up with some shiny Chikoritas.
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Oh my gosh, (laughs) nerd alert. We lucked out. I know. So you ended up with three, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so I went back through all the ones that I caught. I found out that I ended up with seven shinies, and I didn't even realize it.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yeah. So when we were playing, (laughs) I know. But when we were playing, remember, I kept struggling to see my screen in certain places because it was too bright. Oh, yeah. I think in those spots, I caught shinies without realizing I caught shinies. And so I ended up upgrading one because I wanted the special move. But then Mm -hmm. I have six other shinies. And I was like, what? (laughs) That was awesome. So I was super happy.
0: There's your nerd talk.
1: I know. <laughs> Gavin, you got to start playing Pokemon Go, dude. <sighs>
2: <laughs>
1: so, uh. You got that out of your system? We good? <laughs> no. Here we go. I got some more. <laughs> All right. Let's shift over to something that Gavin's going to be happy talking about.
2: No, I'm I'm happy you guys got to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I asked you some questions while we were there about, you know, what it is about this game that, you know, really interests you. And you kind of broke it down for me and showed me the ins and outs. And, and I see the appeal. I get it. You know, uh, it's it's not something I could ever see myself getting into, but... I understand what makes it interesting and keeps people going, especially since they seem to, you know, add more content, you know, fairly regularly.
1: Right. Um, So, you know, yeah, here's to you nerds. Good job today. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) You know, we talked about the dynamics of the game, though, but we didn't even talk about the social aspect of it. Right. I mean, the social and and physical aspect of it. This is a game that requires you to move around in the real world in order to catch these virtual monsters. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that we spend a lot of time sitting down in front of computers or in front of gaming systems and stuff, and this is the type of game that will get you out of your chair, and it'll get you moving in the real world. which is great because physical activity is something that we all need. And in other cases, it's not even about the physical activity. It's more about getting people out of their shell and getting them to talk to other people. You know, there's a lot of people that are really shy, that that they're introverts. This type of game unites you in a way that it breaks you out of being an introvert and you start connecting with other people on that level i think the appeal of the game isn't as much like i love pikachu you know it's (laughs) (laughs) really those other aspects that connect you to another human you Mm -hmm. know what i mean
0: and it actually used to be way worse when they started because you have these three teams and it got to the point Where they used to have these like fights, but not physical fights, but it was just like verbal stuff and blah blah blah, and it's like whoa. But you know that's not that's not the case anymore. But it's just it's gotten a whole lot better. People are more chill. We play the game together. You know, it's all good.
1: Yeah.
2: So here's the here's the question I have with with the success of this game. I mean, I, I didn't think it would persist. Um, and it certainly has and it's certainly grown it seems like mm-hmm. so let's bring it around to disney why okay. hasn't disney made their own why don't we have disney go get them in the parks game like or around the world like why, why yeah. haven't other major um, companies
1: cashed in on this genius idea I think there are companies that have tried to cash in on it, but it's a difficult concept to really implement. I've seen others do it and they do it very poorly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only other one that I know is really successful right now is the Jurassic Park version of this game that you're essentially in the real world, but you're catching dinosaurs. Uh, I I think it also depends on the subject matter. For instance, later this year, there's going to be a Harry Potter version that's very similar, where you're walking around in the real world collecting different things that will help you cast spells and whatnot. I don't know exactly what the dynamics of the game are going to be, but I know that there is a Harry Potter version coming. I know this has come up before, and we talked about why... Disney doesn't have something like this where they integrate it into the Play app and you go around and you catch Tinkerbell or you catch, you know, like they gamify the process where they're using AR in order to bring you into the parks for alternate tasks. As it stands now, the Play app has you do specific games, but it doesn't really work with augmented reality the way that Mm -hmm. pokemon go does and quite frankly pokemon go doesn't work in augmented reality the way that pokemon go should because quite frankly it really sucks at augmented reality uh the way that they've implemented it is just really corny and really clunky and they have worked at making it better. But I think that now that Disney has been working with companies like The Void, for instance, with this whole virtual reality, uh, they'll jump into augmented reality as soon as technology becomes feasible in the way that uh, calculating and displaying augmented or virtual reality will be available to the masses because there are some devices that still can't really play that stuff or you you can't really use mm. that without it bogging down your device
2: so people with razor phones they can't do it
1: they can still do it Oh, okay they may be 20 years old but those do everything <laughs> including snap in half in your back pocket that's right <laughs> i used to sell those when i was younger did i ever yeah, tell you, you guys did that? yeah no? you had that trench
2: coat with all the pockets in it and you'd open it up and say hey buddy no, you want to buy a cell phone? That was,
1: that was potions. Oh, <laughs> That's when I was a gypsy my grifter. Bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, so today was really fun. I'm glad we had a chance to walk around, Melissa, catch those chikoritas. But, you know, the reason we were really at Downtown Disney today was because we hung around in the picnic area to celebrate Mickey and Minnie's 90th anniversary <laughs> in the Disneyland picnic area. Yeah. yeah, we
2: did. It was fun. I was thinking about it. You know, you said and Minnie, but is that the first cartoon Steamboat Willie where we meet Pete as well? Yep. Oh, my gosh.
1: No love for Pete? I mean, Pete the cats, you know.
2: I mean, it is the Halloween season. We got to love our villains this season, right? That's true. Right. That's true. But
0: we want to we wanna emphasize on the good guys.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it all <laughs> started with two mice and a cat.
1: <laughs> Technically, it started with a lucky rabbit.
2: Yes, it That's did. That's fair. But, uh, you know, R- Walt rewrote that history. That's true. That's
1: <laughs> very true. So a uh, quick shout out to everybody that had a chance to come out. You know, we had uh, some friends and part of the podcaster's fam that was out playing Pokemon Go. They were able to come join us for a little while, have some cake, take a couple of pictures. And it was fun. It was a very small gathering. But uh, we just had enough cake for everybody. A couple of us had seconds at the end. All of us. (laughs) I know. I, I totally flubbed the whole trivia thing, too. And I felt really bad because you guys know I generally don't live stream. And I decided while we were there, I thought, you know, why not? Let's do a quick live stream. Just a couple of minutes to tell people that we're here and so I start live streaming. I got so excited. And in the very first one, I had just had more coffee.
2: And then <laughs>
1: I look back at that first video and I'm talking like 200 words a second. It was insane. And I remember our friend Jill was in the chat of the live stream right after it ended. She sends me a text message saying, yup, you've had way too much coffee. So <laughs> shout out, Jill. What's up? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we did the. I think it was in the first one, no, the second one that I said, hey, you know, we're still doing this. Here's a trivia. And I said, at the end of the live stream, I'll tell you guys the answer. And then I got excited and we we're still talking about all sorts of other stuff. And I was asking people what they might want to bid on because we're trying to figure out how we're going to raise money for Walk for Hope. You know, the mm-hmm. City of Hope event that's happening in November, which is our next Team But Willie event, which we'll talk about shortly. And uh, I completely forgot about the trivia. <laughs> I felt like such a dork after the first thing I said, I looked over at Kevin and Mosa and I said, I forgot to reveal the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, yeah. you had cake on the brain. Yeah, I take yeah. have <laughs> cake on the brain. And weigh you too much caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I've, I've been dealing with some health issues the last three months, you guys know. And mm-hmm. part of that process required me to drink a lot of water. And so I hadn't been really drinking coffee the last three months. And it's been killing me for two reasons. One, coffee's like a part of me. Coffee's like... Uh. Yeah, like me and coffee life. me and you dancing all around I don't even know if that's a song but that's how I feel about <laughs> coffee right and then I mean I hadn't had it in so long it affected me hard Ooh, mm-hmm. I was sweating and I was you know I was amped up and amped up hazing <laughs> amped up hazing <laughs> as if I need it right <laughs> oh, good man. point good point Uh, Oh, also, quick shout out to our buddy, Jared Maruyama, who uh, right as we're recording this just a couple of hours ago, threw Mickey Mouse a virtual party uh, Mm -hmm. on Instagram. So if you guys want to check that out, just go over to Instagram and search the hashtag Surprise Mickey. And you'll Mm -hmm. see all of the posts of all of the people that were posting their own party pics for Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse as part of Uh, This push, you know, to celebrate Mickey and the ninetieth anniversary of the mouse that we love, and no, it's not Fievel; it's Mickey. Well, I love Fievel too. (laughs) No, I love Fievel too, but you know, I I mean, I think we love Mickey more than Fievel. Lots of good mice,
2: mice. Lots of good mice out there. Uh, Stanley Moskowitz! also, he's doing a bunch of Mickey Mouse contests, and he's got a yeah. prize pack that he's going to be giving away for all those. It's like five different contests. So, like, it's a Mickey drawing contest. The catch is you got to be blindfolded. There's a, like, Mickey <laughs> Mouse voice contest. Like, a bunch of contests. So, go They're check fun. out J. Mariama on instagram and join in the mickey fun
1: yeah and also make sure that you guys check out jared's podcast squared co super cool podcast he always mm-hmm. has different artists on and they nerd out about all sorts of stuff cartoons animation in general and he has some really great artists on there too uh, we'll put a link to that in the description or in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 223 if you guys want to check it out plus uh by the time that you guys listen to this episode the contest will be over but at least you'll be able to click on the hashtags in the post to see some of the submissions that people posted uh and we'll use the hashtag you know surprise mickey so you guys can go in and check out uh the post from there uh are you going to submit any drawings gavin I will do my best to do the blindfolded drawing.
0: That one, I'm um, like, we got to do this. <laughs> I'm
2: trying to picture it in my head, and I'm thinking, oh, boy. <laughs> 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 Could I do this? Uh, we'll see. But I, I think I've got a setup where I can mount my camera, and and I'm going to try it.
1: We'll see. Back in the day, I considered uh-huh. myself an artist, and I used to take art classes and all that snazzy stuff. But you know, over time, if you don't practice, you kind of lose that momentum in your wrists, and then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, my wrist is meant for a mouse and a keyboard. It's not really <laughs> a drawing hand anymore. But I used to love to draw. When I had my Note way, way long ago, this was back in the Note three days, kids. Wow, was Grandpa. One of my... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my favorite features of the Note, just having the S Pen. Dude, I miss that. I'm, I'm almost compelled enough that I might get a note one day again because of that.
2: Mm hmm. By the know. time you like,
1: much... just
0: get a notepad and paper. But I don't
2: carry that around <laughs> An all the time. actual
1: notepad. <laughs> yeah, what? but I don't carry a notepad around all the time, but I always have my phone with me. How often did you sit around and do drawings on your phone? Um. I would say two or three times a week before when I had the note okay. two or three times a week. So a lot of the drawings that I would do were always sketches of like Disney characters. And some of the first ones were horrible. I could <laughs> tell that I had, I was out of practice. <laughs> um, but I I think while I was at work, I was doodling on paper. So there are some drawings that I've posted like on my Instagram account. If you go back I don't know a couple of years worth of posts there was like this Baymax that I drew while I was sitting in a meeting
2: you mm-hmm. know
1: at work or something like that I don't remember when I drew it the, the point is that I was really making an effort to draw again you know, what you mean just, to
2: say is while you were on an approved break yes, during your work shift
1: yes um, what he said <laughs> that is a truth statement not a false one <laughs> Correct. Hashtag truth. You know, now that I see that my kids are showing an interest in drawing, they just take any piece of paper and they just start drawing and they're both starting to do it a lot more. I might get them their own sketchbooks, just like little tiny ones where they can start archiving what they're doing now because there are Mm -hmm. some drawings that just look so good. like. You can tell they're very rudimentary, but the basic shapes of everything are there. There was one Mm -hmm. where my son drew Wally, Mike Wazowski, and all these different Pixar characters, and all the shapes and colors were there. It was so cute. Nice. Yeah. So I think that's going to be one of the things that I really begin to nurture for both of them. Definitely. Yeah. And
0: then show them like in 10 years.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Some of the drawings that they've made. Uh, especially of all the Disney stuff, I've taken pictures of them because I can't keep all of them. Right? I'm sorry, boys. But I can't keep all of them. I keep yeah. some of them. But all of them I've taken high-res pictures of so that I have an archive of all the stuff that they drew. Nice. That's so pretty Aww. cool.
2: That's going to be cool
1: to, for them to be able to look back on for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope they uh, appreciate that. So, anyway... To finalize the recap of Mickey's birthday party, super cool. Thanks to everybody that came out. Again, we'll include the hashtag and some of those posts in the blog post for the episode at 223. And just to touch on what I was talking about a little bit ago, the next Team Boat Willie event is set. We are going to be walking in City of Hope's Walk for Hope in November. Details will be over at TeamBoatWilly.com. Super simple to spell. It's like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. That's how you can remember it. Dot com. They can't do that because that's copyright infringement. Dot com. That's a word. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then they can't say, like, like er, you stole our dot com. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to remember that note progression. So, don't expect me to ever do that again.
2: That's all right. You Deal. can be like <laughs> the Grateful Dead of Jingles. <laughs>
1: The Grateful Dead of chicken: Just That's be funny. improvised and different every time. That's right. That's how it should be. Uh, so as part of the fundraiser for Walk for Hope, I had three goals. And I talked about this in the live stream on Instagram while we were celebrating Mickey and Minnie. Is that I had three goals showing up to today. And that was one, do the birthday party. I guess mm-hmm. technically four because it was also to catch Chikorita for Pokemon Community <laughs> Day. But anyway, uh, the next one was to get one of the Ezra Pop Funkos inside of the Doom Buggy. Because mm-hmm. one, I wanted one for me. And, and the second, I wanted to auction off for yeah. uh, our efforts you know, to raise money for Walk for Hope. The third was to get the Cauldron Popcorn Bucket. Because I wanted to auction that off as well, especially because I know that there are a lot of Disney fans that want these items but aren't necessarily near the park. And when the Disney hype beast gets a hold of these items, they end up on eBay for about $90 a piece. And so lame. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to give $90 for something like that, why not put it towards something good like cancer research? That's going to save somebody's life. You know, they so agree. that was my mentality behind it. Uh I showed up what, Melissa, around eleven thirty ish? Uh yeah, I want to say eleven thirty ish. So about eleven thirty, uh I ran over to Wonderground and I was told that they ran out. <laughs> that they had three pallets worth, and they ran out. I guess they didn't really set a limit of how many people could purchase, but there are Actually, pictures on Instagram. They did. They did. They did. What was the limit? It was limit? apparently five per purchase. That is a huge limit. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a huge limit. It was I have... one... But wait, this
2: isn't. I mean, they sell Funko's everywhere, right? Can you not go to like Walmart
1: or toy No, no. Or this was a limited release. It was a special limited release oh. that was only going to be available at Wonderground and Pieces of Aid, I believe, inside of Disneyland. Yeah. Wow. Did they do it in Disney World as well? I don't think so. Oh wow, that's really limited. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but I don't remember them advertising it for Disney World. Okay. The fact that I saw people walking around with just bag full like bags full of these items, I don't know. I mean, if you got it for yourself and, you know, a couple family members for Christmas or something, that's different. But if right. you bought out 15 of them because you want to sell them all on eBay, uh I mean, if that's your business, then I don't know. It's hard, you know, because I I, like I, I want to I appreciate the hustle. But at the same time, it's like, damn it. I wanted the Doom Buggy.
0: I honestly think they should just do what they did with the Mike uh, Wazowski sippers. it to one. Do that for everything else. Uh,
2: I, I guess I don't really get why. Why would they do this as such a limited release? I mean, I, I understand the concept of. Hey, let's do a special limited release of something because that makes it you know, more exclusive. But they didn't put a higher price point on it, which we talked about when we were hanging out. And it seems so severely limited that the vultures were guaranteed to buy this up as they yeah. did. You know, Mm -hmm. so I I, why not make it a bigger release, maybe raise the price point a little bit and try to mitigate some of that, because it just makes the whole thing seem really seedy and just gross. You know, it's like, you know, somebody like you, Hazen, who would really cherish that collectible, uh, you know, missed out, you know, and you were there that morning and, you know, just and missed out. And it's going to be a bunch of people that don't really I, I would assume that a lot of those people won't even keep one for themselves. They're just out to buy it up and sell it off to the highest bidder. And, I mean, it totally removes any element of, you know, the magic of, you know, a yeah. Disney-themed product.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm saying that as far as, as buying a bunch and, and selling them off... Like I have to respect the hustle, right? I would love to be able to just buy fifteen of these, you know, and sell them off. But like you said, it does ruin the magic because there's plenty of fans. I was walking over there. I look, I don't use the term I ran to stuff very frequently. Okay. <laughs> but I damn near ran to Wonderground and I showed up around eleven thirty, about fifteen minutes later, I left because Melissa went to go grab some food. And by the time she got back, I said, okay, I'm going to try to go catch a couple of these, grab a coffee. And I remembered, oh, this thing just got released at Wonderground this morning. So I kind of ran. I mean, it was I mean, maybe more of an accelerated walk, power walk maybe. But I got to Wonderground and they said, oh, they ran out by 1130. That was 15 minutes after I got there. Oh, man. I was so bummed out, especially considering, like I said, I wanted to want to keep and want to auction off. I thought, man, that that was part of my big plan today, because I really want to raise a good amount of money. The other thing was the cauldron, you know, the popcorn cauldron that looks like uh, the, the poison apple from Snow White. Mm-hmm. As of yesterday, there was tons in the park. And then today they were sold out and I didn't get a chance to get one of those either.
2: Yeah. I wonder if they're limiting how many they're selling like per week or, you know, per every few days so that they don't sell them all out initially. Like they're trying to, uh, what's the word? Um, Trickle them out? Yeah, like trickle them out. Uh, Ration them. That's what I I was thinking of. You know, do you think that's possible? Like would they do something like that?
1: Uh, I mean, it's possible. But the problem is that if they are rationing them, most of them would be released during the week and if you live near the park you're possibly one of those people that's going to go and buy five or ten at a time which means that people like me that can't go to the park until the weekend or people that live a couple of hours away from the park and can't go you know every weekend or like every month or something like that are still not going to be able to get one because only the people that can go during the week are able to buy one Mm -hmm. you see what i mean Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. And, I mean, I know it kind of sounds like, ah, you spoiled AP. Uh, You're just talking, yeah, you're you're a spoiled AP. But, I don't know. I think there was also good intention behind the purchases, and I think that's what bothers me the most, that what I wanted them for isn't going to be there now. And so now I have to try to find another way to try to raise money for our fundraiser. But, I mean, it's fine. Hopefully they do release more, and hopefully they do trickle them out, like you're saying, Gavin, and they're not completely out. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, well then cool. You know, we'll get one of the other ones hopefully and maybe I'll have to make a special trip during the week just to buy one. But we'll figure it out. You know, I I have faith that we'll be able to find something cool to auction off. And uh yeah. You know, if you guys are interested in helping us out with either a donation or becoming a part of the team, and walking with us the morning of November 4th. Uh, We're gonna be walking on the City of Hope campus uh, over in Duarte, California. It's free to join this year, which is a huge change from previous years. And it's a huge change, like from the Chalk Walk, for instance, which you had to raise $85. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, City of Hope is waiving all of the registration fees. So pretty much everything you raise is going right into the research, which is awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, Completely free to join. TeamBoatWilly.com for information on how you can join. And if you're worried about not being able to make it that morning, you can still join the team and you can still help us raise money, but you're not obligated to show up that day to walk. The walk is just an extra step. You know, it's really cool to see some of the people that have survived. They have the Survivors Pavilion that's. You know, it's one of the most life changing things that I've ever experienced, you know, to walk into a tent with uh, so many women with a sash around them that says survivor and just to see the joy in their faces. You know, these like if if ever you've appreciated something in your life, you know, these women are there appreciating life itself it's a pretty powerful morning and uh, I've been a part of a couple. And in case you guys don't know, uh, I'm pretty passionate about this now because I actually work at city of hope and it wasn't until I started interacting with some of these people and some of the patients and some of the doctors that I began to see what's behind the scenes and how things happen and how it affects families and how it affects the people going through these procedures. Uh, It's, It's a heavy toll, man. It Mm -hmm. is not just a heavy toll on the person going through it, but on the family and friends as well and anybody connected to that person. So uh, the mission of ridding the world of cancer is a noble one. And uh, I want to be a part of that. I hope you guys do too. And whether you guys help us raise money or walk with us that day, you know, we say for every Team Boat Willie event, You know, that we're out there trying to make the world a better place. And that's exactly what we're trying to do again. So let's do this. You know, let's go out and raise some money to try to rid the world of cancer. Uh, Just a, a, a quick... You know, pivot to another topic that we talked about last episode. I want to send a quick shout out to listener Johnny who sent me a message over on Instagram with a correction because we talked about Tangaroa Terrace Whitewater Snacks closing and all that stuff. I think in the episode I mentioned that Trader Sam's was also closing as part of the renovation to the Barstaurant, which is what we called it in that episode. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like Trader Sam's is not closing. So Tangaroa Terrace is but Trader Sam's is still open. So, Gavin, if you were looking forward to having a drink, it looks like you'll still be able to do it now.
2: Man. I mean, I was there this morning, and I could have gone in and had a tropical tiki drink. True that, yo.
0: You took them <sighs> for the team this morning.
2: I did. I did. I did. I'll be back soon, so maybe I will uh,
1: wander on down there and see if I can get something. Well, I mean, you are going very soon for the Halloween party, so... Right. There, right. you, there go.
0: you
2: go. There you go. That's true. So, so I think the game plan or or the best plan of attack there is to get there right when it opens, right? To mm-hmm. try and get in. Okay. Yes. That's what and I will maybe try and do then.
1: Yeah. It's pretty magical. It's a very small venue, but I like it. It's very cozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty fun. Very cool. And
0: familiar too.
1: Very familiar. Mm-hmm. It might remind you See, of Walt Disney's Freaky Room. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, okay. So I wanted to bring something up that you know I thought of after we had our discussion about Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar, and was it the last episode that we talked about that? It was,
1: right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and and part of that, you were saying that that opened um, like not that long ago. Like it's not that old. Like twenty ten. Twenty. See, okay, and this to me speaks to how well Disney creates these experiences and builds in history and story because
1: – I'm sorry, 2011.
2: That helps my point even more because I feel like based on what people talk about with Trader Sam's, what people post, um, all the stories, all the Easter eggs, all everything – I assumed it had been there for 20, 30 years. Like it ha- it has this rich history and that speaks so highly of the Imagineers and, you know, what they created in this place. And it instantly becomes a classic that when people talk about it, it sounds like it legitimately is a classic and it's been around for a while. Right. Yeah. So I find that hugely impressive when they do things like that. You know, I kind of feel like we might be seeing that play out again with. Uh, The Lamplight Lounge over in Pixar Pier, you know, with all of that cool stuff that's in there. And, you know, everybody's clamoring to go and everybody's got their Lamplight Lounge story now. Um, So I, I just I I just wanted to get that out there. I just think that's cool that they can build things that have a ready to go, ready made history that just feels like it's always been there.
0: One thing I will say is, do not leave the door open. Do not stand in the doorway.
2: Oh, because it ruins the magic.
0: They'll yell at you <laughs> in a nice way. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not know. a I'm not a lingerer in doorways anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I think Lamplight Lounge is a little bit different though, because Lamplight Lounge calls on your references of Pixar films. Right? Sure. So there's a lot of nostalgia that's attached to the Lamplight Lounge. But when you think of Trader Sam's, you think of the Tiki Room, and there's this instant connection you know, to the early 60s, because of the cohesiveness of the name Trader Sam. And then you think of this attraction that has the physical Trader Sam in it. I think it's easy for you to trick your brain into thinking, oh, this is a really old, you know, building. Plus, when they renovated everything, they purposely made it look like it was old school Disney, you know, for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And at the time when they built it, you know, I briefly talked a, a little bit about the whole like tiki culture and how it's been around for years and stuff like that at that time the tiki culture in southern california was kind of in this third wave of tiki Mm -hmm. right and so because of that resurgence i think it was easy to make that old school connection
2: yeah it is different it has a totally different angle to it but i feel like it to me it feels like when i walked into lamplight lounge i felt like oh yeah of course this is here like it makes sense like everything about it fits it seems like it's always been there i didn't feel like it was an overlay in any way i felt like it it had completely been designed to be what it now is you know what i mean and misunderstood
1: slightly what you said yeah
2: and i just feel like it you know it, it just like, I never walked in there and thought, oh, yeah, this is that little piece where Ariel's Grotto, you know, was this, you know. No, oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that never even existed. And Lamplight Lounge has always been there. And and yeah. I just think it's cool that they can go in and do that uh, so successfully and so, um, you know, seamlessly. And, you know, yeah. the rest of it is all just, you know, uh, frosting on the cake, basically, with all the cool pixar props and knickknacks and references and all that stuff that just makes the pixar fans and us just go crazy and yeah so i just i I love little touches like that that they do
0: so i'm really excited to hear your first experience at trader sam's because what you're describing is exactly what you're gonna feel (laughs) nice just and even a little bit more
1: cool but tiki-fied yeah. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of Pixar fight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, dude, good point, man. I didn't I never thought about that, but I I like I like the connection that you made. So, right on, dude. No problem. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks again, Johnny. I appreciate you uh calling me out and making the correction because you know, I I can't get everything right 100% of the time. Like I've said in the past, I don't consider myself a historian, a historian. I just consider myself a Disney fan that loves to read a bunch of stuff. And I hope stuff sticks in my brain hole. It doesn't always work. And sometimes it you, does. You, wait, you have a brain hole? You shouldn't Something, have a brain oh, hole. No. What? No. Brain hole doesn't sound Is like a Is that the problem? Thing. Is that why I can't remember stuff?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think stuff now might be I leak, understand leaking why my mom out instead used to of sticking me, in.
1: It goes in one ear and comes out the other. <laughs> I get it, there it now. Is. That's a parent thing. <laughs>
2: so oh. so you, you hope that your brain sponge is soaking it up. How about That's that? That's right. I'm hoping Bob <laughs> soaks it up. Wait, having a square brain is not good either. What? <laughs> I'm starting uh. to be concerned
1: <laughs> about your brain, Hazen. <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain. This is your brain on too much
0: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, let's let's move on from all that brain talk. <laughs> but spongy brain. Let, let's talk about something.
2: I'm with Melissa. Different. Let's let's steer
1: away. <laughs> Fine. <laughs>
0: Definitely. So this is going to be a little bit different than what the usual talk on the podcast, and I'm excited to talk about this. It's about makeup, but <gasps> not just any kind of makeup. We're talking a Disney designer collection collaboration with my favorite makeup brand, ColourPop.
2: Whoa. Now, that sounds really familiar. Hayes, in that makeover I gave you last week, we were using ColourPop. That's why it sounds gotcha. familiar. Gotcha.
0: There yeah. you go. That's where that was that, from. That highlight, yeah. that was it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Perfect.
2: <laughs> that contouring Perfect. I did for you was, you know.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah! I mean, when you use that contouring to give me abs, I was like, "Dude, <laughs> you know what you're doing with that brush."
2: That's right, everybody. For
1: we reals. did body makeup.
0: So <laughs> earlier, they've talked about they're gonna release six dolls, six designer dolls, right? Mm-hmm. And now they have a makeup collection that's gonna represent those dolls, nice. and it looks really beautiful. But this is the best part. If anyone's listening, I don't know if you remember when Minnie Mouse had her collection at Sephora.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of the makeup was, I couldn't really purchase it because it was a little out of budget. Right. This makeup kit or collection, I should say, starts at $5 Whoa. to 20 That's uh, super In comparison
1: cheap. to, what were com- the other ones?
0: In comparison to 15 to 85 No, excuse me, 58 Whoa. Whoa. Oh still 58 is still a lot yeah it is and i couldn't afford all that so to hear that this makeup brand is going to happen and i could afford everything is amazing i know different talk i know (laughs) it's not the typical stuff but i'm like
1: it's cool though it's It's cool though because one (laughs) it's disney related and i'm sure that a lot of our listeners use makeup pretty cool that that you can tie it in but quick question about the whole pricing structure thing. You right. said this was like five to twenty versus like fifteen to almost sixty dollars, mm-hmm. in comparison to how much you were getting for the more expensive one. Were you getting more of it? Be- no. Why? Why was it so expensive?
0: Brand. That's all it is. Really. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that whole world
2: is so brand and status driven that's, that
0: that's pretty much it. it. The, the
2: stuff that's, you know, the popular in vogue things are just, they can command a much, much higher price, regardless if the ingredients are exactly the same as the bargain
1: Bingo. brand. Exactly. That's why you buy the Costco brand, man, because it's exactly the same <laughs> no. things.
2: No, Kirkland all these, is
1: the exact same thing. Everyone's
0: yelling at, the, <laughs> at us right now.
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> no,
1: okay. But
0: what's awesome is that when this episode launches, the whole collection launches that Friday, the twenty cool. eighth.
1: And what is it based on again? You said it's based on the dolls. Disney Princesses. Oh, the Disney yes. Princesses. The,
2: yeah, the yes. the fashion doll versions, right?
1: The designer, uh, designer dolls that Designer releasing.
2: dolls. That's what it is.
1: Gotcha. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Which princesses are they highlighting? Do you know?
0: Uh, let me see if I could get all of them right. Tiana, mm-hmm. Belle, Ariel, Snow White. Gosh darn it! I have it on the top of my tongue. Um, Jasmine.
1: Yep. Cool. Jasmine, and does yeah. each one, because they're so distinct in like the colors that they wear. Is each collection going to coincide with the princess color scheme?
0: Yes. They have individual colors, and then they have a palette, and then they have the lip. Everything is like, basically, yes, the color scheme or the color combo that you would Disney bound in, it would match that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how, like, I'm looking at images of the whole collection, but Mm -hmm. I assume that you can buy pieces individually, right? Like you can buy the blushes individually, the lipsticks, the lip liners.
0: Everything uh, individually.
2: And then it's just the main palette of what are those eyeshadows that are, Is one big set. That's really cool. I, I mean, look, as an artist, I totally appreciate the, you know, the idea of makeup and, you know, I even took uh, a stage makeup course in college and, and loved it. I loved every minute of it. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, you know, I mean, it's really, it's just painting on a different canvas, you know, a sculptured yeah. canvas, basically. So I, I totally, yeah, I get it. And, you know, if I were a, a wearer of a makeup or an applier of makeup, I would be, you know, totally into this. Um, Because I see so many possibilities, you know, especially if you're combining it with a Disney bound and you can color key
1: your your makeup to it. That's that's fantastic. I'm just happy I could afford (laughs) this. Yeah. Can I just tell you something that I just noticed? So I went to that link that you posted in our notes, Melissa. Uh Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same one that Gavin's looking at right now, but they have the six princesses that you mentioned and they have the years. Of when their yeah. films were released, and oh, the cool. outfits that they're drawn in coincide in the to S. the year, like yeah. the era. It looks really oh, cool. Oh, you're right. They're beautiful,
0: but it I is cannot so afford them, cool. but they're
1: beautiful. Do we know who the artists of these are? Because these are phenomenal.
0: So the artist is actually S. Thompson Art.
2: Oh, Scott Thompson. No,
0: Stephen.
1: Sorry, Steve Thompson. Yeah, I follow him
2: <laughs> on uh, Instagram.
1: Ah oh, man, this is so cool!
2: That is a good call on the outfits. Like that is nailed, right? Yeah. If that's I why, could that's choose why one, Ariel looks so freaking cool in that age right? dress. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh! That's
1: I'm gonna amazing. see if I can pull these images, and I'm gonna put them in the blog post for the episode slash 225 But even if you're not into makeup, the art that goes into creating these collections. Uh, as an artist, you got to appreciate it as well. They're just really well made. I love the fact that they're in the eras. And uh, if you do wear makeup, then that's a cool call, Melissa, because, I mean, everybody wants something affordable and good. As far as the yeah. quality of this brand, how would you compare to some of these other ones that you've used that are more expensive?
0: I have about 80, 85% of all my collection at home is all ColourPop. Oh, right on. Yeah, no, I... I swear by these people. They're It's awesome.
1: Well, ColourPop hashtag not sponsored, but we're open for <laughs> sponsorships. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. cool. Well, again, I'll post a link to this collection, uh, especially if it's going to be releasing just a couple of days after this episode launches. Uh, but for certain, at least head over and take a look at these outfits because they look super cool, like the art behind oh, yeah. them.
0: Ooh.
1: I love it. And we'll put a link to Steve Thompson's Instagram, also. Yeah. Uh, that way we can all follow him. Yeah. Super. Cool. Definitely. Can we talk a little bit about the Mary Poppins trailer before we move <gasps> on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No. All no, right. No, no, cool. No. Well, Gavin <laughs>
2: says no. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's do it. It looks <laughs> amazing.
1: So, uh, I mean, first thoughts. We had the teaser. You know, we've been mm-hmm. living with the teaser for so long. First thoughts on watching this first full trailer for Mary Poppins Returns. Mary's back, y'all.
0: I just had to pick up my jaw from the floor multiple times.
2: It really, yeah, I agree. It really feels like, okay, it's believable now that Mary Poppins has returned. Like, yeah. for a while I was thinking, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this off. I don't know if Emily Blunt is... You know, as perfect as a choice as I always thought she was, I still think it was going to be a huge stretch for me personally in my mind to accept her as Mary Poppins. That is out the window. Yeah. That is gone. <laughs> and I am fully accepting of what they've shown us so far. And this film looks like it's going to be magical in a way that I feel classic live action Disney films were and which in many ways today aren't and I know I will come under some criticism for that statement but you know when I think of things like Mary Poppins and Swiss Family Robinson and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea they hold a completely different level of Disney magic for me than some more contemporary things you know from the 80s, 90s, and, and 2000s. Uh, so this, this trailer has renewed hope uh, for me in the Disney live action studio. I am so excited.
0: All I know is we're going to need some tissues. That's, yeah. that's sure, it. That's sure.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> and multiple tickets because this is not a yeah. see it once in the theater kind of movie, I don't think. Right.
1: I agree with pretty much everything that you said right now. Uh, Because when I saw, and uh, again, might be a little under, you know, criticized for what I'm about to say, but Cinderella, for instance, the live action Mm -hmm. Cinderella didn't feel like Cinderella. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was the props, there was the dress, there was the names, there was a lot of similarities that made you feel like you were watching Cinderella, but there was something about it that just wasn't there. You know, it Mm -hmm. didn't. It didn't feel like a Disney film, most of the, the the film. It felt like one of those Rodgers and Hammerstein presents Cinderella. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I agree with you.
1: And I really do. I think they did a little bit better with Beauty and the Beast. You know, because they brought back some of the music. You know, there was a lot more similarities in it. But it was still slightly disconnected from the animated version, you know, that we that we grew up with. Mary Poppins was a whole other beast because it incorporated live action and 2D animation when it was first created. And when I first saw the trailer for Mary Poppins Returns, there was something about it that bugged me. I, I didn't know what it was. It felt a little darker. And after talking to the group about it, Gavin made a good point that there's a lot of parts in the original Mary Poppins that are fairly dark. It's not... You know, all puppies and rainbows all of the time. Yeah. And when I finally saw this extended trailer, it just opened my eyes. And I was, like Melissa said, I had to pick my jaw from the ground because (laughs) seeing the 2D animation and listening to Emily Blunt sing, it felt like Mary Poppins. It doesn't feel like it was a film remade from a classic. It feels like it was a continuation of a classic.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that everything that we've seen so far evokes the, the right feeling of Mary Poppins. Right. right. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, let, we'll take another, you know, popular contemporary franchise. Let's talk about Star Wars, you know, with some of the films that came out after the original trilogy they don't necessarily feel like they come from the same world because they look so different, you know? You know, things got, you know, a little more slick or a little more high-tech or a little more clean, you know, in in various films as compared to those originals. This one feels like it was shot in 1965, the year after Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like it they're they're keying in on all of the right elements the lighting, the color, the set design, the costuming all of it and the fact that they're using two d animation for some of the the magical yes. scenes is' <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: so thrilling for somebody like me who just adores animation, and you know I miss the fact that there are really no Uh, feature animation studios in america still doing 2d really and so that that just got me really excited uh so i mean it's this is unusual for me because i don't usually you know watch all the trailers and analyze them and you know get into it but the i can't say enough about what we've seen already and i could go on and on and on
1: so i think what we'll do is we'll just make the announcement that We talked about having a movie meetup for Ralph Breaks the Internet, and it's going to be shortly after Thanksgiving. So I know it's going to be a little difficult for people to show up to that one because, you know, some people may be out of town for the holiday season and stuff. But we're going to go watch it. And if you guys want to go watch it with us, you know, you guys are more than welcome to. We'll put out the information of where we're going to go and what time really soon so you guys can buy your tickets and join us that day. But I think we gotta have one for Mary Poppins Returns.
0: Uh yeah, uh yeah. we need to cry together. Melissa's
2: <laughs> well, yeah. is really geared up to cry at this movie. <laughs> I cried.
0: I have cried at every meetup. I swear I have, starting with Inside Out. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, that's, that's hilarious. true. She even cried at Pirates. I did. <laughs> I
0: did because Barbosa and his daughter. I was like, dang it.
1: Spoiler <laughs> alert.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have seen it already. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I think the, the time frame is, is beyond, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> so, so as excited as we are about Mary Poppins, I, I started to have some thoughts. Because there is another um, Disney Studio release on the near horizon that I'm really excited for. But I started to feel really bad for the filmmakers of... I don't feel
1: bad for Captain Marvel at all.
2: No, 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 not, not Marvel for the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. I, mm. I am really excited for that movie, and I know that I'm in a minority. A, four. Uh, a lot of people will probably see it because it is a Disney film, but uh, a lot of people aren't necessarily exi- excited for the property in and of itself. I'm a big, big fan of Tchaikovsky and the Nutcracker Ballet. And, you know, I've read the fairy tale by Hoffman. And, you know, I'm really intrigued by this movie. But with Ralph and Mary coming right on its he- heels, that movie doesn't stand a snowball's chance. And I feel really bad for those people. And I and I, and it stinks that they land in the calendar where they do with those other two films, you know. I think yeah. they benefit from the fact that there's a bit of a gap like right now until that movie comes out um where there's not much to compete with it up until then but as soon as those other movies come out like it's dead in the water and that makes me kind of sad because you never know it could be a hidden gem you know it it doesn't necessarily uh come into it with huge expectations but it could be amazing i'm going to give it a chance and i can't wait to watch it but yeah i just i just got really sad for those filmmakers thinking oh Sorry, guys. Nobody's going to watch your movie. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: looks like a beautiful film. I just wish. I am so creeped out by Kira Knightley.
2: You're creeped out by her? her it just in that movie or in general? Like when you no, watch Love Actually, movie. you're creeped out?
0: She doesn't sound like herself. So every time oh. she's talking, it's so high pitched that I, it throws me off. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I mean, like I said, it looks beautiful.
1: So do you think that. The Nutcracker is going to suffer the same type of fate that A Wrinkle in Time did earlier this year, considering Black Panther was released right before it. And then Avengers Infinity War, like right after. (laughs) So it got sandwiched between these two blockbusters.
2: That and the fact that it is just a lesser known, less popular property. It's not something that is, you know, hugely well known amongst... The average Disney fan, I don't think, Mm. you know, I think a lot of people are aware of in general what the Nutcracker Ballet is, and they would probably recognize some of the tunes from that. But as far as the story, the fairy tale of the Nutcracker and, you know, everything that surrounds it, I don't know that it's, you know, in the common knowledge. And so... And they're not doing a lot of marketing, so I, I just feel like, yeah, it's it's different than *Wrinkle in Time* because they did a lot of marketing for that. I feel like, and it had Oprah at its forefront, which you yeah. know is just a you know a big name. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I just had a thought, and I just felt sorry for those guys. I hope their film is successful. I really do. Um, and I hope it's a good film because I'm definitely gonna watch it in the theater
1: yeah am i thinking am I thinking that Disney has already made a Nutcracker movie because I'm thinking about the Nutcracker Suite in Fantasia, or have they already done this in the past, and this is just like an updated version Well the color <laughs> uh, they yeah, they have just never kidding. done. The Nutcracker. So, the Nutcracker suite that appears in Fantasia is really the only connection to the Nutcracker that Disney films have right now. Other than this upcoming That I film. can think of. That I can think of, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I kept thinking of that Tom and Jerry
2: one. But they have other Tchaikovsky <laughs> connections. Obviously, Sleeping Beauty. Right.
0: Yeah. And
2: um, Peter and the Wolf. So, you know, they they've touched on Tchaikovsky several times. And he is easily my second favorite like classical composer. Like I love Tchaikovsky. So
1: anything related I'm down for interesting. Yeah, that that the um Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy is probably my favorite, only because I really like Christmas.
2: Oh that's yeah. Then that's what that's what is fun about the Nutcracker too. It's 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 probably my very favorite Christmas thing
1: is the Nutcracker ballet. Right on. Cool man. So yeah dude well like you said we do wish them well we don't want it to flop obviously i mean uh, i mean unfortunately it is being released right in between those two right mary poppins and uh
2: i want to say yeah i think it's right in between it's like the the wrinkle in time sandwich
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's not a good sandwich to be a part of
2: but i i will i will give a full review and uh, let you guys know whether it's uh uh, watch in theater, a rent or a
1: skip. We might have to have you do that on a regular basis okay. now.
2: Oh, I'm down for that. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Cool. Um, I wanted to move on to talk about something that has been a little controversial in uh, kind of the the U.S. because. There's a lot of companies that in the last couple of months have really jumped on this bandwagon of eliminating single-use plastic straws. And in some cases, they've even moved on from using plastic lids and reducing uh, the amount of plastic that they use, including plastic bags. And the Walt Disney Company was one of those uh, ju- that just recently announced that they're going to be eliminating the use of single use plastic straws. And they've already also eliminated plastic lids on their cups. This was announced, uh, I believe, the week of August 21st or 22nd. And uh, it's, I mean, it's stirred up, you know, people in a way that there's a lot of people that are for it and a lot of people that are against it. And so we want to talk a little bit about some of the facts that we've read about it and give our opinion on what's happening. And hopefully after hearing this, we can hear a little bit about you. We'd love for you to join the conversation over in the blog post, Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. So, Gavin, get us started on this conversation and tell us a little bit about what you found out. Sure. So Disney
2: has had a history of um, trying to be environmentally conscious. And friendly now they're not always the innovative leaders in that idea but they are fairly responsive uh, you know to these trends and ideas and uh, this is no exception to that they are um, going to the, the full implementation of straw elimination at all Disney owned properties is going to be complete by mid 2019 So it's going to take some time, you know, to eliminate everything uh, at all their all the properties they own around the world. But uh, that is their goal. And if if and when they do that, they have said that it is going to eliminate an estimated one hundred and seventy five million straws and 13 million plastic stirrers that are thrown away annually. So every single year, 175 million straws just at Disney Parks, so globally. That's yeah, that's an astounding amount. Right. And if you don't know why straws are being singled out, it's there's a simple reason that that straws are particularly bad for the environment, and it's because they're small and lightweight. They 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 go through the skimmers when they're at recycling plants and they get skimmed out so they don't get recycled and when they're being transported to landfills they simply blow out of the trucks and so straws make their way into the environment more than other pieces of plastic you know large bags or bottles that have a lot more weight to them and so many of these end up in oceans and um, you know this, this this huge push and public uh, cry for banning of straws was really kicked off a few years ago by this video that went viral of a sea turtle with a plastic straw lodged in one of its nostrils right. and you know people kind of you know went you know it tugged at their hearts and you know they saw crush or, or whatever they saw and and they they felt bad for the turtle and thought well this is this is our fault we're doing this how can we eliminate this and so you know, um, companies, major companies like Starbucks have been at the forefront of this, and even cities. the The entire city of Seattle is planning to um, completely ban plastic straws. So, you know, it is a thing. It's a reality. It's coming everybody's way. So prepare for it. And you know, I think it is interesting to see people's initial reactions. the The thing that I find most interesting is you know, people's initial reaction always addresses the fact that they're, they've been made to feel uncomfortable now, Mm -hmm. you know, they were comfortable with their straws and it's the initial reaction is don't take away my straw. I want my straw. Uh, But usually after a while people see the evidence and they see, you know, the reasoning behind it and they adapt. And I think this one will be such a case, but I have heard some grumblings in the parks and some grumblings on the internet. And, you know, some people just think it's ridiculous that they're making this move, but I see it as a positive, uh, proactive step that, you know, may take some adapting to, but I, I give the, the Disney company huge credit for, for doing this. Cause that's not an easy choice to make, right. Um, yeah. To take away what is considered a, a convenience and in most cases, it's considered a basic standard convenience where if you don't have straws available, you're doing something wrong. You know, you are not run correctly, you know. And, you know, until that perception changes, that's a that's a tough choice for them to make. So I, I'm proud that they did that. Yeah,
0: I I did hear about this and I, I've heard both sides of the argument. And, you know, I totally I'm. Hate to say that, yes, I understand both sides. I really do, but Disney always finds a way to help accommodate those mm-hmm. who need something similar. Right. If it's not available, um, that's what I know, and and I've seen Disney do this. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna be for it. I am. I see what it's done. I see what they're doing, and I kind of thought about this too. I'm like wait a minute is this why they're selling the reusable straws mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i didn't think about them like oh but i mean granted you don't have to do that but again disney will accommodate right. no matter what even from you name it the littlest mistakes to the biggest things they've always stepped it up i'm you know change is gonna happen you just gotta adapt to it
1: what you were talking about earlier gavin um many companies especially large corporations like disney have a department called the corporate social responsibility department the csr and the csr mm-hmm. is really the the spearhead to these initiatives to make sure that things within the company are running ethically for both humans and animals and and the, the general environment really so they help pass measures company wide and initiatives that will help the environment you know as a whole And um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest argument is the accommodation thing, right? Because there Mm -hmm. are people with disabilities that can't really drink out of cups that will require a plastic straw. And carrying something around like a reusable straw isn't always the best option for them because you you, like even if you got a metal straw you still have to go through the process of disinfecting it and if you're at a disney park having a reusable straw isn't the easiest thing to clean while you're in the park so unless you take Mm -hmm. several with you that you can disinfect or clean when you get home it's not really the most feasible thing right so the good thing Mm -hmm. is that because of that type of complaint the Disney company has and not just the Disney company but companies like Starbucks have put out statements that say that they're not going to completely eliminate the plastic straws they are going to make them available for people with that type of necessity so in general they are getting rid of the straws they're getting rid of the lids which I'll tell you a quick story Uh, in a moment, but they will be available upon request for most cases. Uh, Our first uh, interaction with this was the weekend that Pixar Fest was ending. Uh, I remember Lynette had purchased some food and some drinks for us, and she had such a problem getting all the way from Harbor Galley over to in front of uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle because the cups had no lids. So she had to play this balancing act with a bunch of people around her and it made it super difficult. And even though she asked, hey, I'm walking all the way to the castle, can I get these lids? They said that they just weren't available. So I don't know if it was Mm -hmm. them really trying to push the idea of we just don't have them, Uh, but I still feel like in those situations they should have just made it available even though it wasn't a necessity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the arguments that I've made, I brought up a little tongue in cheek when I talked about going to Knott's Berry Farm not too long ago, and that was the the ability to use a, a reusable cup, right? For a lot of, if they're really trying to eliminate the use of these paper cups, plastic cups, polystyrene cups, whatever the case is. Do what Knott's Berry Farm and uh, other companies like Six Flags are doing, where you buy a $15 cup, you know, for the day, and then for a dollar, you get to refill it, you know, or you get Mm -hmm. unlimited refills for the day for that $15, or you pay for a season. And for $40, you get free drinks for as long as you have it within a three or four month span. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful way for them to reduce their environmental footprint and at the same time give um disney fans like a good discount or something to really want to purchase that's also going to help them as well because i think there's a lot of disney fans that feel like they're getting um you know they're being taken advantage of in certain price points so if you're really going to just take away straws and you're really going to take away lids, give us something that's going to incentivize us to really move on to something different that's going to help. you know. And I think that that type of cup system is a really good way to go. Uh, so Gavin, you talked a little bit about how Seattle was the first city that has implemented the citywide ban. As we're recording this just a day or two ago, California actually became the first state to officially ban nice. plastic straws from restaurant tables and it's not like fast food establishments, so you'll still be able to go like to a McDonald's or burger place or whatever the case is and you'll still get straws because you're going through a drive through but if you ever go to a sit-down restaurant you know how some of them have the little like uh, cups or machines with the straws right on the table and you just kind of push a little lever mm-hmm. down and you, it pops out a straw. Most, of, all mm-hmm. of those establishments starting in 2019 will be required to remove all straws and lids from their establishments. Uh, but again, they will have the option of receiving a straw in the event that you need it. So if you have a disability that requires you to have one or you can't carry a straw around, they will still be available. So that's actually really good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It, it's it's really cool
2: because California being one of the most highly populated places on the planet and the fact that it's on the coast, that will
1: actually probably make a huge dent in this problem. Right. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. So I was reading a bunch of articles and watching some videos on why this initiative started. And that video that you talked about, Gavin, was one of the ones that came up. And it looks like there's a lot of misinformation that's out there. One of the numbers that's floating around a lot is it looks like there's 500 million straws that are used per day. But it looks like that number dates back to an initiative that a nine-year-old put together like years ago as part of some, (laughs) you know, project or something that he was doing. And that there was uh, a firm, I believe the name was Technomic. That came out and did some more analysis, and they said that it was more like 172 million straws that were used per day. Uh, it's still a lot of straws, though. You know, even though yeah. you know it's roughly a third of of you know that other number, or you know uh, almost reaching half, really. But uh, it's it's still a lot of straws, and I do commend these companies for switching over to alternatives. One thing I wanted to ask both of you about how you felt about this was Starbucks is possibly going to be moving to something that looks more like a sippy cup versus a mm-hmm. straw. And I don't know if Disney's going to follow suit, but one of the biggest alternatives, which technically has already been around at Disney's Animal Kingdom since 1998, is this biodegradable paper straw. And we talked a little bit about this when we were at the picnic area celebrating Mickey's birthday, because in the D23 box, we did get some paper straws as part of the the package. Uh, Have you guys ever Mm -hmm. used a paper straw or um, known anybody that's used one? And how do you guys feel about that? I've used
2: them. Uh, It's not that dissimilar to uh, using a paper cup. You know, it, it, there, there are different qualities, um, you know, quality levels, but, I mean, you know, it won't last you all day, but certainly for one drink, it's, it's fine. I don't know how well they hold up in, like, a hot beverage situation, but for a cold beverage, I mean, they're fine. Uh, you, you don't want to chew on it because you will tear it apart. Like, you know, a lot of people like to chew on their plastic straws. Yeah. Uh, so you can't chew on a paper straw, but I mean, it, they serve the purpose, right? I mean, they, it's just a tube to slurp your liquid, um, you know, just like plastic or metal or whatever you're using. The same concept applies. They're coated with wax, you know, so they're waterproof. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that different. It really isn't.
0: I haven't tried the, um the paper straws i mean not that i could think of but um starbucks sippy cups i love them yeah
2: next time we're all at the park i'll bring those paper straws with me and we'll all
1: get a drink and we'll we'll sip sip and review the paper straw experience that's actually a really good thought and i think we should try to do it with several different types of drinks because i mean paper has a very distinct taste and if you've ever had to filter water or anything through it, you're kind of going to get that papery taste in your water, right? And the the straws that we got in the D23 box don't seem like they're coated in any type of wax or anything. I feel like that is a good solution because certain types of wax, like beeswax and paraffin and vegetable-based waxes are biodegradable. So if you were to coat the straws in that, you, you bypass the whole biodegradable uh, argument and you still have a straw mm-hmm. that in its essence is completely biodegradable. But the ones that they have at Animal Kingdom seem to just be standard cardboard box. Uh, I was going to say cardboard boxes, uh, cardboard type <laughs> straws that if you're drinking a Starbucks drink, halfway through that drink, your straw is falling apart from what i've heard and in some cases it might even become a choking hazard because those pieces could be inhaled through the straw mm-hmm. you know so
2: see the this brings up this to me brings up the most interesting uh non-problem that exists in this whole thing and that's when we're at home, we all just drink out of cups right? without lids, without straws, but we suddenly go out into the world and we can't drink anything without a straw. Now, look, I'm not trying to, you know, um, sidestep the fact that there are people like you mentioned before that can't due to, you know, a physical disability or, you know, many reasons. And that that's totally fine. And there should be accommodations for that. But for 99 percent of the world you can just drink out of the cup. You know, if the paper straw doesn't work for you, just drink out of the cup. Yeah, That's the, and the, the, in a lot of ways, this, that's why this problem initially just kind of mystified me why it was even an issue. Uh, but, you know, in the case of a, of a paper straw, yeah, it's not going to last you forever. And it's really only going to last you one drink. And if it's a hot drink, maybe half of that drink. So skip the straw altogether. You know, anytime we can skip, Another
1: thing that we're going to just be throwing away. That's a good thing. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where, you know, you can walk into a sit down restaurant with your own cup and then they'll quickly rinse it out and then you have the option of just washing it again at home? 100%. I mean, I, I was thinking about ideas
2: for this very thing. Um, you know, I it would be amazing if Disney ran a bring your own straw campaign, you know, and they would give you a discount if you brought your own straw, you know, something like if 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 you have to have a straw, bring a straw, we'll reward you for it, you know, for bringing a reusable straw, you know. Uh, And I can see other companies and restaurants totally getting on board with that, saves them the time and effort of you know washing as many dishes or, you know, expending as many resources if they can just fill your cup up with their iced tea or whatever they're pouring out of the pitcher. Uh so yeah, I absolutely can. If they're in environmentally conscious, then why not? If they're not worried about the aesthetic of everybody's cup at every table in the restaurant matching, sure, yeah. why not? I think um, it's a fantastic gonna... idea.
0: Sorry. Um doesn't Starbucks already do that with their cups?
2: Yeah.
0: Where they give you a discount? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, most places yeah, do. Yeah, they, because they don't charge you for the, the paper
1: cup that they would be giving yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the sippy cups that we were talking about that Starbucks is thinking about switching to, they technically already started to implement that because if you've ever purchased one of their cold brews that are uh, on nitro, they serve it mm-hmm. in the quote-unquote adult sippy cup. Mm -hmm. So and if the argument is, well, you know, you took the amount of of plastic that would have been in a straw and now you made this huge sippy cup lid with it. Well, the difference between the two is that straws are made of plastic that's less biodegradable and the uh, the lids that are used for that are made of polypropylene it can be recycled a lot easier in different facilities and like gavin mentioned earlier as it's being put through the machines it doesn't slip through it doesn't fly out of trucks and so it's easier to capture if that happens
0: what is that
1: charlie just threw a plastic bendy straw at me (laughs) to throw her two cents in i guess (laughs) so she's four bendy straws yeah apparently
2: (laughs) No, I agree with what you're saying. Also, those lids are heavier. And again, a large part of the problem is that the plastic disposable straws are so lightweight that they blow away. And that's how they end up in ecosystems. You know, it's it's not so much the material that they're made out of as they're uh, size and structure yeah so yeah i have uh you know the the sippy cup idea that starbucks is doing is very forward thinking and you know i i can definitely appreciate that you know the the plastic straw hasn't changed much in the last 50 75 years and you know it's time we reconsider some of these things it's, it's so
1: again kudos to companies like disney for helping the problem. Isn't it crazy that straws have only been around since like the 1960s and we're talking about it, like it's a problem that's been around like for 300 years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, we want to hear from you guys. This is certainly a topic that sparked a lot of controversy, especially in the Disney community, because like Gavin said, it's a comfort thing in Walt Disney world at animal kingdom. This has been something that's been around for a couple of decades now. So First of all if you've already had the opportunity to use a biodegradable straw the paper straws let us know what your experience was because i'm certain that with different types of drinks you're going to have a slightly different experience and if you happen to have an idea of what a possible solution would be then, you know, leave it in the comment, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even in the blog post for the episode, which will be at podcasters.com slash 223. We'd love to hear from you guys and read off some of your comments in an upcoming episode. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap this episode. What do you guys think? Yeah, sure. Is it taco time um it's more coffee time for me yeah
0: actually you know what i'm only thinking about cake
1: (laughs) (laughs) after all the cake we had today you want more cake (laughs) we
2: got her hooked yes we got her hooked on the cake (laughs) so much sugar i was mentioning to melissa uh while we were out there snarfing on that cake that it has been so long since i just had a regular piece of cake with frosting on it i mean It tasted so delicious. I don't even know if that was like a high-quality cake or not. It's just been so long that I just gulfed it down, man. It was (laughs) so good. And I had two pieces, too. It was delicious. So thanks, Hazen, for getting that amazing cake. I
1: just went to a local supermarket, and I just said, (laughs) give me one of those. And then they said, what colors do you want? And I said, yellow, red, and black. And then they made the cake, and I, I picked it up the next morning, which was today. And life was good because then they asked life me, "Well, what kind of good. cake do you want inside?" I was like, "Red velvet." <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. Miss was the milk.
2: I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting red velvet, but it makes sense. Well,
1: for Mickey, yeah, it was the only one that did. The other one was like a vanilla cake, a chocolate cake, and uh, one of those like rainbow swirly ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought, nope, you're red velvet. that's how i asked for it too i totally believe that all right guys that is going to wrap it up for this episode and so before we close up uh, i do want to remind you that this episode of podcateers and others are brought to you by the generosity of the fgp squad who is the fgp squad well we like to call them our podcast fairy godparents but they gave themselves the name the fgp squad And in case you're wondering what they are or what they do, well, they contribute to our podcast on a monthly basis via Patreon. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a part of the FGP squad as well. But if you make at least a $5 monthly contribution, you will also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button as a thank you for your support to all of our current fairy godparents. We just want to send out a huge thank you to all of you and more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad can be located over at podcateers.com slash FGP. If you want to help us out in a slightly different way, you can always go to podcateers.com slash Amazon if you like to purchase lots of stuff on Amazon. Because if you're like me, you have Amazon Prime and you're like, "Eh, it's two days. I just get it in two days. What? They'll deliver today if I order in the next hour, sold. And then you'll just order it, and then you'll just get it the same day, which is pretty awesome. So the next time you place an order on Amazon, start that trip over at pocketeers.com slash Amazon. Click on the huge Amazon button that you see on that page. Why is it so huge? So you don't miss That's it. That's right, and because it was funny. Also, it'll make you giggle. It's so big. A little big. bit. It will make you get And we
0: like big buttons. We
2: do like
1: big and buttons. we cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: so click on the big Amazon uh, button. It'll take you over to Amazon using our special link and anything that you purchase may earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on the podcast and you went through a couple of clickety clicks to get there using that big button that apparently won't make you lie or something ish. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like that we both started and
2: ended this episode with 90s lyrics. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So to everyone that's already doing that, thank you guys very much for that additional support. Uh, more information on us and all of our personal links can be found over at podcuteers.com slash team. You'll find uh, our links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our personal websites and Etsy pages and all that good stuff. Uh, if you guys love to watch you the YouTube videos, make sure you go to youtube.com slash and youtube.com slash Disney for two. Hit that subscribe button, ring that little bell icon, and select all notifications so that whenever we post a new video, You're alerted by the YouTube app like, hey, that's a new video, you should go watch it. I'm not sure if that's what YouTube sounds like, but apparently I've still had too much caffeine. (laughs) So we're just gonna leave it at that.
2: And red velvet, and red velvet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I need tacos, that's what it is.
0: Balance it out. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I need to balance it out. That and the sugar that I had today just need to be regulated. All right, guys. So that is going to be it for this episode. Here is Tabir's Cheers and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Made you look.
0: You should have said bye. <laughs> bye.
2: <laughs>